Welcome to the Slam Radio Podcast, featuring Kane Gang. I'm hurt, dog. Don't ask me if I'm all right. Hell no. Joaquin said dominate, and we not doing it. I put my heart in this dog. Let's go, man. Let's go. Kane Gang. Kane Gang. Kane Gang. You're listening to Kane Gang, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Orange and green, that's Kane Gang. You ready to storm 18? That's Kane Gang. Kane Gang. Good morning, everybody. How you doing out there in Radio Land? It's your boy, DC, with the bird. And back joining us is finally is John Michaels from his hiatus of playing baseball, coaching basketball, uh, you know, cutting sirloin tips somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> so, welcome to the Gang Gang Radio Show, where we're unfiltered, uncensored, and we just talk whatever we want to talk about. So, guys, glad to have everybody back. John, how you feeling, brother? Uh, better than I was yesterday, or I guess two days ago, or maybe it was yesterday. When the hell did the Heat lose two nights ago, five nights oh, ago? Oh, man. <laughs> You want to talk? I'm smiling about until you said that. <laughs> I know. I I was doing great. I mean, oh, what what a disappointment for all of us Miamians who love the Miami Heat. And my 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 boy Kane, uh, my youngest, is a diehard Heat fan. And to see Good the look boy. on his face on Sunday night, and when the Heat get eliminated, and just head down, <laughs> Dad, what do we do now? And I said, Look, you know, we're hurt, and we you know kind of got screwed by the NBA, but here we are. So so let me ask you this though, man. Like honestly, I mean. You know, I don't I don't feel as bad about this, right? I mean, look, you went that Boston team's good, man. I know we hate them, but that is a a damn good team that plays good defense. I mean, their guys shoot lights out. It's a tough team to beat, man. And you know, we punched above our weight class all year long, man. I think we played really well. It really hurts not going to the finals, man. But you know, I'm still proud of that team, man. I mean, you took it down to the end, you know, and I know we're gonna go around on the Jimmy shot, right? But, you know, to me, you know, your 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 number one guy, you know, your, your ace, your alpha takes a shot, comes up short, right? I got no beef with that game, man. You know, the, the call pulling the three-pointer away. I mean, I saw the, 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 other, the other angle on it. And, you know, the second angle, yeah, it looks like his foot was touching. But the difference is, you know, they, they call that on us. They don't pull that away from Boston. And that's, no, that's not at all. And from my understanding of the rule with the NBA is they they were only looking to see was that a two or, two or three. three, and then all of a sudden they see and it and it's very inconclusive for me because you can see somewhere it looks like his heels off the ground. You can yeah. see somewhere if you get the still shot just perfect, it looks like his foot might be touching. I just didn't like that it was three minutes of game time gone by, and all of a sudden you get the uh, ESPN announcers go, yeah. "Oh, by the way, Max Struess's shot didn't count," and I'm going, "What? Wait, where yeah. where did this happen?" Um, and they were running. They were running right. at the same time. So you're like looking at the score, like what the hell just happened? Right. It, it was just a very cursory. Oh, by the way, he stepped out of bounds, and we're going to leave it at that. Um, did we punch above our weight class a little bit? No doubt. I mean, when you've got seven or eight guys that are undrafted free agents, and you know you're starting one in Max Struess every single night. Duncan Robinson was starting for a while. Gabe Vincent, you know, when he started eight playoff games throughout when Kyle Lowry was hurt. PJ's hurt. Tyler Hero was dragging his leg in game seven, gave it all you could for those five or six minutes. Kyle Lowry never looked right, really, in the entire Eastern Conference playoffs. So it hurts not going to the finals just for, hey, that would have been seven finals in like a 16-year period. And how dominant is that? Um, Were they going to win the championship against Golden State? Probably not. Um, I still think Golden State's going to beat Boston as well. It's just disappointing from a fan aspect because of who you lost to. And you lost three games at home. You fought 82 games in the regular season to get home court advantage and literally lost three games in the Eastern Conference Finals at home. So disappointing, but hella proud. I mean, think about, Cole, what basketball has done for us. Football season ends with a whimper, and then obviously the offseason becomes awesome with Mario and all the guys that he's brought in. Then you get the Canes going to the Elite Eight and the Heat being one of the final three teams left in the NBA playoffs. I mean, as a Miami sports fan, it's pretty damn awesome that our hoops teams are like that. Now let's hope the team that plays baseball on Coral Gables can get their heads out of their rear ends and start playing some good ball as they get the regional and get a number six national seed for the first time, what, since 2016. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's interesting to see how, obviously – the disappointment with the Panthers and the Heat. You know, again, both number one seeds. The Panthers get the Presidential Cup as the best, you know, team in the NHL. Obviously, Tampa Bay has their number. So, 
you know, they got steamrolled over there in the second round. But when I look at this Heat, this Heat Boston series, one thing that stands out to me, and it's always stood out to me, is this the NBA officiating? Oh. It is so up and down. Mm. It is so comical. I'm going to go back to Game Six, where the 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 late call against um, Oladipo was going to be a blocking call, right? And, and they had no other choice but to review it. And I know it hurt them too make it a charge call, but you can just see the blatant disrespect for the Miami heat. You look at the disparity on free throws, foul calls, and nothing's being done about this. It's, it's almost like the NBA is, is so rigged and geared to going through the commentators. Nobody wanted to give Miami an opportunity to win, right? Like it's Miami can't do this. Miami can't do that, but it's Boston, 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 Boston. And I'm thinking to myself, Damn, like you guys hate Miami that much? <laughs> like <laughs> that's what it almost seems like, you know oh, what I mean? It's the dumbest narrative I've ever heard in sports after Miami won game 3 to go up 2 to 1 and you had every national talking idiot coming out going, "Well, Miami's only won two of the 14 quarters or who gives a damn? The only thing <laughs> that matters in any sport is the final score. Can can I claim a Super Bowl trophy because the Patriots only won the fourth quarter against the Falcons? No. Can I claim a national (laughs) title or everything else because officials have screwed us? I'd love to. No. It's not how it works. You win games with what the final score is. And, yeah, for for seven games, nobody wanted to give the Heat credit. It was always, well, Boston messed this up, and Jason Tatum was soft. And it was like, you know, Jimmy Butler was the best player on the floor in the entire Eastern Conference. And he should have got MVP. Absolutely. One person, one guy voted for him, Tim Bontem. Yeah, but even if you lose a series, why does it always have to go to somebody on the winning team, right? Right. I just, I don't, that's what I'm going with, like, just the the pure hatred for everything Miami. It could be basketball, it could be baseball, it could be football, it could be college football. Everybody loves to hate everything about Miami. Let me ask you a question, guys. Do you think that something can be done or will be done about the NBA officiating? Absolutely not. <laughs> no. Because here's here's the thing. So for, for me, I mean, look, when I grew up, I was all NBA. I was basketball. I shot hoops in my in my yard for hours and hours every day, just countless hours. I mean, all I wanted to do was be an NBA player, right? And that game that I loved is just so much different now. And it's because the NBA has has turned it into a league that's it's just a show but it's not a it's not a com- competition league anymore it's a showboat league and a you know show off and a you know make it fun kind of league man they've they've really taken defense out of it even though Miami and Boston you know are both two outstanding defensive teams and you know they're winning in in this thing right now but you know what the league wants to see they want to see offense they want to see three pointers and all these you know all started when they pulled the hand check and roll out of it man and you know, it's been downhill ever since. Now, I like the product better today than I did in the mid '90s when the Heat and the Knicks were Do playing. You? Oh, when the Heat and the Knicks were playing games in the '70s and '80s. Oh, I loved that. That was brutally it. awful basketball. I mean, oh. seriously, Bird, go back and watch like the 2000 or a '99 playoff series between the Heat and the Knicks, and these teams. And then you know, the games are like 74. Brutal, oh. bad basketball. But to go to the original question, will the NBA fix it? The answer is no. And it's they don't want to fix it. Tim Donahue wrote a book where he literally said, game seven of the Lakers and Kings, I fixed the game. I, 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 I called everything the Lakers way, and nothing changed. Scott Foster and his crew oh. were on game seven of the Heat and Celtics, and I knew at that point it was going to be a very happy The, the Celtics week. are 12-0 and 0 when 12 Scott and 0. Foster. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. You can also go look at games, what was it, four, five, and six, or three, four, and five, Boston outshot Miami something like 84 to 26 from the foul line. We've got Jimmy Butler who ruthlessly attacks the rim. Like every single time is attacking the rim. Bam Adebayo is not a jump shooter. He ruthlessly attacks the rim. And we had 26 free throws over a three-game stretch. And one of the games we won, I mean, it was was bad. Um, But the NBA is never going to change it. It's, you know, they'll live with this. They live with the criticism. The ratings are still pretty damn good. They got a finals that they want, mostly because Steph Curry's in there. But yeah. now they get to tote their up-and-coming young star in Jason Tatum. Cool. He's not to me. I don't think he's that good. Number one, because he's a Dookie, and right. I can't stand Dookies, right? So, <laughs> like to me, that that should be your name. You're a Dookie. Um, but but let me ask you guys this question. Season aside, you know, listen, 
I still feel it was a disappointing season. Even though you got to the NBA Finals, I, I feel like you were there. You had like the cake was right in front of you for dessert, and you just yep. you didn't take a bite out of it, right? So let me ask you this: You trade for Kyle Lowry, who literally was not existent in the playoffs, right? You got rid of Precious, you know, whatever his last name is, Lechua. you know, Lechua. He actually played really, really well up in Toronto. I still think Miami needs a big-time center. Bam is – and we talked about this. Bam is not a, a legitimate five. Bam is a big four. But you can't bring Deadman in there in order to be the five. You've got to have a legitimate center. But even someone like Goran Dragic, who literally will take over on offense, you can't just have Butler carry your whole offense. They have nobody else. Duncan Robinson became non-existent. You're paying him $17 million a year, and he's not even getting on the floor, right? You no. get Max Drews. And, and I blame Spo for and, – and agree with me or disagree with me. I blame Spo for one reason. If Kyle's not producing for you, and yeah, he had a decent game, I, I think above average game six. But yep. the whole rest of the series, he's been ass. So why not play a Gabe Vincent who has been very, very well for you and be, been consistent for you instead of saying, well, you know, I know we're paying Kyle Lowry all this money, so he's going to be our game seven starter. Like, also, see, his, see him on the bench. Oladipo yeah. is the same way. Yeah. It, 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 there were so many rotation questions. I hated when he was going to the 6-5 and under team when PJ yeah. was playing. Yeah. 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 Here's where I'll disagree. Bam is, to me, a five in today's NBA. But what you need next to him is a four who's six nine and can shoot, six ten and can shoot. Or Love Keith P- Morris, who we didn't yeah. play the entire series. Well, he, he I don't like him anyway. He was there were a couple of signings. Like I never wanted Kyle Lowry. I remember going on Hawkman and Crowder the day it happened, and I said I give Miami a B minus for trading for Kyle Lowry. And oh, what are you talking about? I said, dude, he's old. He's he's a little bit out of shape. And he's a lot lot of bit out of shape. Well, he is now. (laughs) Um, And he really has only had one playoff moment. That was with Kawhi Leonard. Every other time he was considered a playoff choker. And I didn't like it. So, you know, I questioned some of the rotations Spo had. I personally would have given Yurtsevin some run. Five minutes here, eight minutes here. You know, when they were, when they would go to Al Horford at center or when they were bringing in, and I know Tice barely played, but just something. Deadman's a guy that won't be back. I think he's an unrestricted free agent. You're not going to re-sign him. Um, Struess I'm fine with. I think he's restricted. You're not going to pay him a ton of money. Same You're thing paying with- him 1.8 right now. You might have to double that. Okay. Uh, Caleb Martin, he's another guy. Why didn't he play in game seven at all? He had a great game six, knocking down threes. He plays relentless defense, mm-hmm. drives to the cup, didn't play in game seven. I know playoffs, a lot of times you shrink your rotations from nine or ten down to six or seven. But there were times you needed something. In game spark, seven. you needed a spark, and you didn't get it. Yeah, it, thing, it felt like it felt like we we never grabbed. We were always running back on defense, like we weren't trying to you know challenge for rebounds at any point. Yeah, I think they realized, especially with the first quarter when they get blown out early, they realized Boston was grabbing rebounds and going Mario Andretti as fast as they could go. Absolutely, and Miami, you know, unfortunately, you lost that game in the first quarter when yeah. when you gave up an eight zero run to end the first quarter and you're down fifteen. You played catch up the rest of the way. And you, know, you never could catch up. You got it to two, and that was it. I didn't get a chance to watch the game. And, and really, I, I was I was perplexed because I didn't want to watch the game. I was at Disney. I'm like, you know what? I'm going away for the Memorial Day weekend. I don't care what happens. If they win, they win. If they lose, they lose. Um, I was checking box scores while I was sitting there eating dinner. I'm like, okay, they're down 15 at, you know, at the end of one. <laughs> right. Glad I'm to, sitting in Disney not yeah, watching man. this. <laughs> cut it to six, I think, you know, at the end of two. You know, and then Boston goes on a run to start the third. And I'm like. I just, I don't get it. But you know what? At the end of the day, like you said earlier, John, you know, the NBA got what they want. They want a Golden State. They want that East Coast, West Coast, you know, bring Boston back, play Golden State. This is where it's going to get interesting because I really think Golden State can win in five. I, I'll give Boston one game. Um, but I look at just the pure shooters. Now, again, Golden State is a smaller team. Like, mm-hmm. Looney's not that big. Um, you know, I think Wiggins is going to have a big series. I, I really like Wiggins' game. But it should be again. If the shots aren't falling, I think Boston has a chance. But bringing Clay back, you know, Draymond is going to be Draymond. Steph's going to be Steph. You know, I like Pool. Um, I yep. like the rotation that Golden State plays with, and I can see them winning in five. That's just my prediction. I, I hope you're right. Too. Yeah, get Boston's ass out of there as soon as physically possible. <laughs> what, what's crazy is how deep Golden State is too. They got the number two pick in the draft. Hasn't played all year. Yeah, Who's Wiseman? 
Well, James Wiseman, and that kid's good. And he's coming back to that team, too. Gary Payton, the second. Obviously, you know, he has that elbow thing. But, like, man, like, it's the West. The West is going to be fun. Yeah, Jordan Poole's phenomenal. But the West is going to be fun for the next couple years. It's going to be fun. Love I love to see what Golden State. I, I've got Golden State in six. I think they'll win it at home because I think it's two, three, two in the final. Two, three, two. First yeah. Golden State, three in Boston. They'll have to win one in Boston, which I think they can. I just don't trust the others on Boston enough to win that series. That dork Derek White's not going to score all those points like he did against us. He suddenly Garrett Williams, <laughs> Grant Williams, Grant that, Williams. <laughs> oh my god, you want to talk about whiny and complainy? Uh, but that's how. But that's how the series was against Miami. Like, and, yeah. and from both teams, it was. Complain, whine, complain, whine. And it finally gets to the point where it's like, I get tired of watching that. Like, just play ball. You know, if the shots are falling, they're falling. If they're not, but there was just way too many flops, way too many fouls, way too many questionable calls. At the end of the day, Miami's out, Boston's in. Yep. They're going Dude. forward, and, you know, we'll see how that plays out. We got, Grant we got Williams. about 45 seconds before we go to break. So, what do you got, Bird? Yeah. No, I was going to say, Grant Williams is probably the player that I can stand least in the NBA. Like, that guy just drives me nuts, man, watching him. Just the, like, I mean, it's literally like, oh my gosh, every time, like, you know, I didn't know. What are you talking about? What man? do you mean? That that is that is a LeBron James, like <laughs> of course. Like that's all LeBron does. Watch out, man. The LeBron, there's a bunch of LeBron stands out there, yeah, man. Be at careful. least LeBron will give you 30 and 10. Grant Correct. Williams chubby butt stands out there and launches three. <laughs> him and James Harden. We had oh. to play him in back-to-back series. I can't stand either one of them. No, I feel oh. you. It, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Like I said, you said you got Golden State in six. I got Golden State in five. Bird, you got 20 seconds. Tell me what you got before we flip the oh, I got Warriors in five, man. I was actually thinking four or five, man. Like, that Golden State team is incredible. I think Boston's going to get at least one. You know, I, I'll say five. Okay. I'll go with you on the five. All right. You're listening to Ken Gang Radio Show on Sirius XM, channel 145. John Michaels, Ryan Pittman, a.k.a. the Dirty Bird, and your boy DC. We're back at the helm. We'll be back in a minute. Stay tuned. You can't give the real alias out. <laughs> Yo, what's up? Baby, let's go. This is Tua Tungle by Lowe. Yo, Sway Calloway. This is Spice Adams. This is Michael, the playmaker Every What's up? This is Grok, and you're listening to Slam, Slam Radio. Radio. Serious XM. Yeah. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Good morning, amigo. Hey, man, if, look, if they pick up Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo too, I'll, I'll be fine with him. But I'm just looking, I'm looking at the different angles. It doesn't, you I don't call know. him that, I call him Tunga Vailoa, whatever you want to call him. Listen, I don't know if they're 100% sold on Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo. Tunga Vailoa is the next quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. How can you get that name so perfect? Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo? Tua? I can't do it. I'm done. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo. Tunga Vailoa. That sounds much better that way. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. We'll be back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. I'm Andrew Saul, Commissioner of Social Security. I'm here to warn you about telephone scammers pretending to be government employees. Some of these scammers may say threatening things like you will be arrested if you don't make payments or provide personal information. Do not fall for these tricks. These calls are not from us. Real Social Security employees will never threaten you for information or money. If you receive a call like this, hang up. Never give the caller your personal information, like your Social Security number or bank account, or send money in any form, cash, gift cards, wire transfers, or prepaid debit cards. Report the call to our law enforcement arm, the Office of the Inspector General at oig.ssa.gov. Share this information with your friends and family. Hola mi gente, ¿qué tal? Les saluda la diva contra la caballota, la reina y mi cuyo. Un saludo a mi gente de Slam Radio. And now we're back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio.
we're back. We had to take a pause for the cause. We had to let the sponsors from Slam Radio get their little you know, tidbits put in there. So enough of NBA. Miami Heat's out of it. I don't want to talk about NBA anymore. Maybe next week we'll talk about how Golden State's already up 1-0, whatever, or 2-0. So we'll talk about that later. Canes baseball, again, number six yeah. national seed, hosting a regional for the first time in, in quite a bit. Let's not crap the bed. So, John, I know you're a big baseball guy. Bird, I know you're into it. Um, you finished the season kind of mediocre. You went up to Florida State. You took the first one. You lost, you know, then you lost the next two. You came back. You responded. You know, you took a nice series from Notre Dame. A lot of home runs. You know, some momentum things. Some things happened. A couple other teams lost. Able to help you get into the, you know, into that top eight again. Um, your regional, Miami, Ole Miss, Arizona, and, and Kinesis. Um, not a bad regional to try to get through, but let me hear from you guys and what you guys think. Now, here, here's the first question. Let me ask you guys. Do you start Palmquist in game one or do you save him for oh, no, game no. two? Oh, no. Kinesis, you better be able to beat them without Carson Palmquist because Arizona or Ole Miss are good baseball teams. Um, you know, Ole Miss underachieved a little bit this year, but Arizona's a team that, you know, can hit it around quite a bit. You need to – and this is the old school – you know, you think back when you had Jim Morris or you had Ron Frazier, the ace never went the first game in the regional. And you would try to steal a game with your two or three. I might even go with Jake Garland, our weekday starter, and That's have him go against Canisius and then yeah. try to get, you know, Palmquist in game two. You win those two, you're pretty much in the driver's seat. You then just have to win one out of the final two to get out of there. That's how I'd manage it. Yeah, Barry, yeah. what, what you take? Uh, I, I like Jake Garland in there. I mean, he's a veteran guy who's, who's you know, I, I think he's going to be ready for it. Put him out there and, uh, you know, let him go and, and, and mop up Canisius, man. Now, Canisius, I don't trust, I don't trust, uh, what is it, Ligon or Legion? I'm not sure how to pronounce it, no. but Carson. Well, <laughs> yeah, well, I, don't here's tr- I don't trust him one bit. <laughs> Canisius is traveling all the way from Buffalo, right? right. If I'm not mistaken, I, think, I believe they're in Buffalo. I, I mean, obviously, Ole Miss is like, you know, they're, they're not too far away, but then you get in Arizona. So you're getting a lot of, a lot of teams coming in from way outside of your area. Right. You know, this really sets up, you know, again, because if I'm not mistaken, I think this regional, if you get past it, it the super is from the Hattiesburg regional. Yep, Southern Miss. Southern Miss, you know, so then you have LSU that's over there, which would be a pretty – could you imagine like a Miami-LSU super regional in Gables? Like that would be pretty interesting. Yeah, it, w- it would be awesome uh, <laughs> to see that. Uh, we, we could strike up all the old stuff that happened with them. But oh. get out of this. You, we got to get through. We spent yeah. way too much time with this baseball team going, all right, we're going to the Supers, and we don't get out of our own region. I am thankful, and I'm not afraid of Florida. I'm just glad Florida was not placed in our region. I thought that's what was going to happen, was Florida was going to be in our region, potentially to be the number two seed, and we we're going to have to get past the Gators. Yeah. So. I did not want any of that to happen. Um, you know, again, get back to the ball that they were playing early on in the year. I mean, the ACC tournament, we were terrible. Terrible. It's, it's 4-1 in the opener, and I turned away because I was doing other stuff with the kids. I'm like, oh, this is – I look back, we're down like 9-4. What the hell happened? Oh, we're giving up home runs like hotcakes. Yep. And then in the second game, Wake Forest had five or six home runs off of us. It's like, what's going on with our pitching here? You like the idea of winning and being able to take care of business. Canisius, that game is at noon on Friday. So can you imagine these kids from up north in a rocking light? Because uh, you know Mark Light's going to be jam-packed and rocking on Friday afternoon, and it's a noon first pitch. It's going to be 113 degrees. Oh, They're going to be three geez. steps down from the sun. <laughs> well, hopefully we can take care of them early. But if you looked at the brackets, if I'm not mistaken – is there like seven or eight of the ACC teams that made? Yep. I mean, it's wow. there was quite a bit of ACC teams. And NC it, State got left out, and they probably shouldn't have. Right. Yeah. I mean, and they Notre took Dame, our lunch money in the ACC tournament. So, and as much as I hate Notre Dame, how are they not hosting? Oh like, yeah. I mean, yeah. how are they on the road to start again? Yeah. I mean, that, that you're talking about a team that was a top ten, top fifteen team the entire year, and you didn't give them one of the sixteen hosts. Yeah. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. I always thought the NCAA tournament and basketball had some bad selections. They've done it in baseball quite a bit. And go back to the year that they kept us out for the first time in 45 yes. years. You know, th- yep. there was no way we weren't one of the best 64 teams in the country. Correct. So yep. l- let me ask you this, guys. Say we, this, this is hypothetical. Say mm-hmm. we don't make it out of the regional. 
just because there's that possibility. You never know how baseball goes. (laughs) Do you or do you not cut ties with Gino Damari? Just asking. Go first, John. Uh, I would have already fired him last year. (laughs) Um, I know his ties to the program. I know his family's ties to the program. I know he was on Jim Morris's staff for a long time. 2020, I hate it because I thought they were a legit national title contender when COVID hit, and and unfortunately that went away. It just seems like the same mistakes for his ball clubs happen over and over and over again. Defensively, they never get better. They don't necessarily pitch it all that well. I mean, you think about it. If Carson doesn't turn to a starter, how bad is our starting pitching this year? Yeah, You don't have him as a Friday starter. And I know Andrew Walters is an unbelievable closer, and you've got some youngsters coming out of the pen. But it always seems like this time of the year they start to fall apart. If he doesn't make it out of the regional, I got to get him out of there. Um, If he makes it to the Supers and lose, it's a two out of three. You know, it's kind of a crapshoot. And I would pitch Carson on Friday in the Supers because you want to go up one nothing any way possible. But if he doesn't get out of this regional, I got to cut bait. I just spent $100 million on a head coach and $100 million to upgrade facilities at Miami. I can't let the baseball team sit there and just be an average, you know, middle of the road baseball program. Man, I, I completely agree with you there, John, too. And, you know, here's the thing, like Manny Diaz and is, is or excuse me, Gino Damari is the Manny Diaz of, of baseball, man. Totally I mean, just, just drops the, just drops the ball when it's, when it's important. Um, you know, look, I, and, and I think this is all on, on Radakovich though, right? This is the, this is the first time that he's going to get tested where it's going to be like, okay, here's adversity. How are you going to handle it right now? Um, you know, look, I'm a guy who's always going to, and just like all of us, right. I'm going to, I'm going to support the guy just like with Manny. I supported him until the, until the day he was no longer our coach. Right. Absolutely. You know, cause I don't, I don't ever want to shoot myself in the foot and I always want what's best for our program. And if that's a person that's coaching him, great. Look, I'm all in on you, but you know, I'll tell you the, the radar's up and it's been up on, on Gino for a long time. So, um, you know, look, uh, you know, I think you have to have a convincing showing in the, in the regional. Uh, I think you got to play pretty well. And, and to me, you know, the only thing that really keeps Gino safe is a trip to Omaha. Right? Really? I think if you're in that super regional, I think you're still, you know, and I mean, if, if you go in there and you, you know, you, you lose too quick and too in convincing fashion, you know, I mean, our biggest booster right now, or our most active booster, you know, both their, both his kids play baseball here. Right. right. And believe that guy's going to have something to say about it. And I mean, he's, already funding a new funding a new weight room for the baseball team. I mean, you know, like it or not, man, the boosters, you know, they've got a, they got a role in this, right? So. One of the awesome parts about that though, with NIL now, you can augment scholarships in ways that you never could before. Cause I think they get what 11 and a half total scholarships. So stupid, which at a private school like Miami, you guys know how much it costs to go there. You're talking about 50, 60, oh. $70,000 to go. I don't know how many people have 70 G's laying around if you're getting a quarter scholarship for baseball. So if there's a way to augment this through NIL deals, I think John Ruiz will find a legal way to make this happen. And the baseball team will be better. Now I will say this Gino, if nothing else has it in a better spot than the last two years under Jim Morris, where the program had eroded to absolutely nothing. I mean, it had knows so you, you talk about missing the NCAA tournament two years in a row at Miami. I was glad Jim and I love Jim Morris. I got a play, chance to play in a golf to Jim Morris golf tournament years ago, and he couldn't have been a nicer guy. And he could drive the hell out of the golf ball. Holy cow. I'm talking about like 320 smash season. Jim Morris can. But the program was dead. So Gino at least has got it back on the right trajectory. It's now time for the rubber to hit the road. And winning in the postseason is it. And I don't want to lose in the Supers either because you're going to have home field advantage. Correct. Those games well, are going to be in Miami. So, but John, what bothers me when I when I watch Gino sometimes is just his in-game management. Right. You look at you you look at NC State. You you throw to Buddy, you know, in the first inning, and he takes you yard. Right. Right. You pitch to him again, and he takes a yard. Then you give him an IW, but then right. you pitch back to him again, and he goes yard. At what point do you say? I'm just I'm I'm passing like you're I'm literally walking just that free kid every time. Like, oh, yeah, I, I just don't get it. Like it's those type of in-game managements that that are like that behooves me, and I'm like, like, dude, you just give him a free pass. Like I'd rather try to turn two than pitch to a guy who just went yard on me twice. There's also times that he doesn't know when to leave a pitcher in or take him out. 
Facts. There's been a couple of times this year where Carson hasn't had it, and it's very few and far between. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you look up, he's in the fifth inning, he's giving up seven earned. I'm like, why is he still in here? Yeah, pull He's played to put bullpen guys in. There's times he puts, like, Alex McFarlane in way too early. Yes. And, you know, it's just gasping on a fire. Or Torres. And I'm like, what yeah. are you doing? Yeah. So those yeah. are the things that perplex me. And there's been times with shifts and not shifting or shifting too much, the over-reliance on the shift, stuff like that drives me crazy. And I'm hoping – well, they lose six out of eight to finish the season. I'm hoping that's gone. Well, it's six, six, six out of ten if you count the, uh, the tournament, I think, if I'm not mistaken. It's, you know, you, it's a new season starting Friday. Yeah. Erase all of that. You're zero and zero, and you're now playing hopefully the next two weeks at home before you go on the road. Correct. You know, it'd be interesting to see how the team comes out mentally. Like, again, you know you're back home. You know you're going to have a crowd. I don't know what kind of crowd you're going to get on a Friday at noon in the Gables. You know, I don't know why we didn't get like a 7 o'clock, you know, first pitch. You know, again, you would literally – have that place, you know, jumping, you know, right. at the light. Everybody having their mark like milkshakes, you know, everybody doing left, right, left, right, left, right. You know, it would just be <laughs> – so to see what kind of atmosphere is going to be on, on Friday afternoon at noon, we'll see. But, again, if they can come out mentally and say, you know what, let's just handle business, let's get this quick dub, put right. them away early, you know, again, throw, go up by eight, nine runs pretty quick – Throw all your, you know, take 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 some pressure off your starters. Right. Maybe throw some bullpens. Because again, who knows? Maybe you throw Paul, you know, maybe you throw Jake Garland for three, four innings, and he does really well. Like those are arms you're saving for day two and for day three in case right. you need them. Yep. And that's why I said Carson's got to start day two. He'll start on Saturday. I'm sure it's going to be rocking for Saturday, whether you play Ole Miss or you play Arizona. Just, God, I'm trying to remember the. I think it was the year they had Pat Burrell. And ended up losing the championship. If I'm not mistaken, they lost the opener of the regional back then. And remember, that used to be the six-team. There was no supers. It was a six-team double elimination. And if you lost that opener, you had to win like five games to end up winning it. And they lost to like, oh, my God. I think they lost to the Citadel. If I'm I not think you're right. They lost to the Citadel in the opener. I remember Joe Zagaki going, we're making this guy look like Cy Young. We can't get a hit. And they're striking guys out left and right. And then they end up going on a run, getting all the way to the College World Series. But that was one where they tried to overplay their hand and it ended up not working. Um, you have to win on Friday without your ace on the hill. You just have to. Yep. And you really almost have to win without using a bunch of bullpen arms in pressure situations. Like I don't mind if guys get in and it's 7-1 and you're just going out there throwing a nice, soft, easy inning. You don't want them in there at a 5-4 game you know, oh, no. Andrew's got to come in and go one and two thirds to get out of the game. You want to cruise in this one. You want to beat them like you did. Was it Boise State that we beat the hell out of? No, it was North Dakota State. North Dakota State. We beat State. like 600 to three over yeah. a three game stretch. That felt good. It did. <laughs> it did. You know, I will say this, though. The college baseball tournament is the best structured tournament of any championship structure. I, I just, I love why how is, the way. Why do you say that? Just, I mean, I love the double elimination on it. Then you go to the best two of three, and you got two brackets in, in Omaha to, to the, for the champion. Like, I just think it's a really effective way to, to, to determine a champion, man. I just, I've always, always loved it, right? Like, you can have a bad day and you can rebound. You know, you lose two yeah. times, you're out, right? Right. You know, I just, I've just always like really had an affinity for the way that, that, uh, for the way that it comes together. Could you imagine if the NCAA men's basketball tournament did a double elimination tournament? how much fun that would be. You know, you yeah. drop down to like a loser's bracket and stuff like that. Like <laughs> I, I do think about yeah. things like that from time to time. Could you imagine them having that 64 team field and it's, you know, but then you drop down to a loser's bracket. Who That's knows wild. what kind of chaos would, would come out of there. Uh, for me, for basketball, I wouldn't like it. Uh, just because you take away what that one, you know, those magic – Miami doesn't make the Elite Eight if it's double. Oh, no. No, no, no way. No. We, you know, we probably have to replay USC and we lose that game. Oh, you know, we almost lost it on a bank shot. Trust me, I was there. That, <laughs> yeah, I know. That went up in the air and my heart stopped when it hit the backboard. But I, I do like – I actually like baseball better pre-Super Regional. I liked when it was six in the region and you had to fight, scratch, and claw to get out of there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I definitely think Miami has the, the opportunity, uh, again, get through the regional, host right. a super, 
so this is where I'm torn because if they make if they go to Omaha, like do I travel? Do I go? Yes, you go. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. It's Fly, great because right? for my job, I'm like, let's just listen to all these we have just so much stuff going on in Nebraska right now. And I'm just like, listen to all this. And I'm like, oh hey guys, if you need any help in Nebraska, uh, you know, let, let me know. Like just hoping that it'll all uh, time out together. <laughs> you literally it's, fly it's right to Omaha. My, like Omaha literally is right there. That's one of my bucket list things that I've never been able to do. Oh, would, you, would you go? Yeah, you know, I should have gone years and years ago when Miami, when it was a foregone conclusion, we were going to Omaha. Yeah. I should have gone. Now it's so tough because I'm not going to book anything to go to Omaha until Miami makes Wins. it to Omaha. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and unfortunately, we God, when's the last time we've been there? 2008, maybe? 2000? No, no, no. We were there a couple years ago and we lost to Florida twice. Oh, that's right. I know. Try to leave. <laughs> was it 20, 2018, 20, 2018, 2019? Yeah. Oh, last time we've been in the College World Series, 2016. 2016. We lost to Florida, I think, okay. right? Yeah. I mean, think about this. You went, and I'm just looking now. So from nine, I'll go to 90. You went 92, 94, 95, 96, 97, 98, 99, 2001, 03, 04, 06, 08. Jesus. Since 08. We've only once. been to the College World Series twice, and that was in 15 and 16. Yeah. Ugh. I mean, it was a foregone conclusion that we were going to be there every single year. Now, whew, it ain't that same way. It's not, but you know what is the same way? We got to go to break. We got to pay the bills. So we'll be right back here on the Ken Gang Radio Show. We'll chopping it up. We'll be right back. Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. We are strong, we are resilient, and we will get through this together. But these are stressful times, and it's important to also practice good self-care. It's normal to feel overwhelmed, anxious, or afraid, but there is hope. Reach out to someone, connect with your friends, stay in touch with your community, and know that you are not alone. Learn more at wearebroadcasters.com slash hope. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Good morning, amigo. But you I'm see what's a bad idea to do that? I didn't Bro, cry during the talk. Good thing, good thing you're going to be home today so nobody can see you cry. But I was fine. I didn't even cry. I was like, good. No, but the silence afterwards is enough. Oh, and then you give me that puppy look back. You give me that puppy look you have. I'm just holding it back a little. Good thing nobody can see you crying tonight. I'm fine. Stay home. Privacy of your own home. Watch it on Zoom. <laughs> you, know, you can be a Richard sometimes. <laughs> good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. We'll be back with Kane Gang. On Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Social Security is with you through life's journey from birth to retirement. As your life changes year to year, so do your needs. For over 80 years, Social Security has helped to meet your needs and is committed to improving access to the services that make a difference in your life. Today, you can verify your earnings, estimate your future benefits, apply for retirement, manage your benefits, and even change your address, all from the comfort of your home. Social Security's online services help put you in control with secure access to your information anytime, anywhere, allowing you to spend more time with family, friends, or simply just enjoying the day. Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. See what you can do online at socialsecurity.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. I'm constantly failing, guys. I'm constantly learning. It's not how you fall, it's how you get back up. There's no losing, only learning. There's no failure, only opportunities. And there's no problems, only solutions. 
So to me, what failure is, failure is the mother of all success. But I really get motivated when people tell me it'll never happen. That, that to me is what makes me get up in the morning and go, what's next? I love people to tell me no. I love people to tell me don't, it won't, impossible. And uh, the word can't is the word can. And the word don't is the word do. And the word won't is the word one. And in the word impossible, it's possible. What do you tell them? You tell them, you know, you know that, that all they can do is learn and come back bigger, better, stronger, because all it's going to do is lead you in the right direction. See, if you're always winning, then you don't really understand what it is to win. You, you got to take those losses. You got to take those hits. There's got to be the valleys, the peaks, the ups, the downs. In order for you to, when it does happen, you go, wow, terrible. You know, this is what it's all about. On behalf of all of us here at Slam Radio, we would like to thank you, Pitbull, for making this dream become a reality. Slam Radio, what's up? From Enrique Santos, 2949, iHeart Latino. And now we're back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145, Slam Radio. segment here on the first hour of the King Gang Radio Show. Dirty Bird John Michaels throwing out their weight as far as how they think Miami's going to do this this Friday, this Saturday, this Sunday. I think Miami doesn't lose. I think they run right through it. But again, let's get off of the baseball. I agree with you, John. It was a foregone conclusion. Miami really dominated. As much, did you hear what you said, though? Mm-hmm. Did you list all those years that yeah. Miami just ran it? It's yeah. like Miami was the ambassador of like the college world series, just like they were in football, you know, for the, you know, mid eighties, early nineties, Miami controlled college football. That's what they got to get uh, back to. It was us. In, what was it? Long beach state too. Long beach, was state, Long beach state, state, Texas, they get yeah. Arizona state, USC. Those, I mean, we were all the, the dominant programs and I didn't even go back to the eighties. By the way, we went oh. 79, 80, 81, 82, 84, 85, 86, 88, and 89. Think about that. I mean, we were there every year. Ron Frazier and, and Jim Morris had this thing as a machine. What changed? Let, let's keep talking about this. What changed? Part of it, the the number one kids that you were getting. Draft. Going right, to the, draft. right to the league, right? You know, to the draft. And it's so tough because you have to recruit the kid. You have to save a spot for him. But I think you started missing on some of those. And then some of the guys that would be there for four years. You know, think about J.D. Arteaga. He was there for four years. He wasn't a dominant pitcher. I mean, he was in college. He was really, really good. Yeah. But there weren't really any pro aspirations that J.D. Arteaga was going to be there. Or somebody like an F.P. Santangelo, who was a really good player. Alex Cora was a, you know, he ended up being really good in baseball in, in the majors as a defensive player. But you didn't think about losing him. I think there was a point where you started missing out on guys. Some of the guys that you brought in weren't quite as good as you thought, and you just weren't retaining guys for that fourth year. I think Jim Morris at the end, and it was after you had the the Yonder Alonzo team with Jamile Weeks and all of those really dominant players. When they all went pro, when when's our last real pro prospect? Correct. Like, soon. <laughs> we just haven't had one. And I think Yo-Yo has a good chance to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, Yohandi's a really good player. We've had some first-round picks. Zach Collins, really good. Yeah, but you had yeah. Zach Collins, but you didn't have five other. You know, you think about Pat Burrell's team when you had crazy Aubrey Huff, who was a great player until he went, you know, a little bit bananas after his playing career. <laughs> Jason Michaels. Jason Michaels. I mean, again, Alex Cora is playing shortstop for you. Who was our big first baseman? Was it Kevin? Not Kevin Brown. Maybe it was Kevin Brown. Big 6'5 first baseman. I mean, you had guys like that over and over and over again, and you'd have two or three pitchers that you felt really good with. Yeah. We haven't had that depth. Well, not yeah. only that, too. You know, you keep bringing up Pat Burrell, and, like, who have we had since Pat Burrell that when you when they're walking up to the plate, you just know that. And Yo-Yo is not bad, right? You know, even, like, uh, uh, Terrell that went up to Florida State. Like, right. they're big bats, but they're so inconsistent. With Pat – like, I, again, Golden Spike winner. Like, it was like one of those things where Pat was just different. It, you, knew, Ryan, 
Ryan you, Braun. Yeah, you might have had that with Ryan Braun because you yeah. knew when Ryan was up there, that thing was – there was a good chance. I remember Pat, and I hate to bring up bad memories, the 96 College World Series championship game. We're up 6-3, bases loaded in about the sixth or seventh inning, and Pat hits a drive that they catch up against the wall. If that's out, it's a 10-3 Ten. game, it's over. He ends up getting a sack fly to make it 7-3. And I think they came back and beat us eight to seven. Yeah. Oh man. But I don't know. I don't know what's more impressive that that or your memory on that man. Like <laughs> that's pretty incredible, man. Oh, I was livid that day. I cried. Yeah. Not gonna lie, I cried at the end of that because I knew Robbie Morrison. I actually played pony league ball with Robbie, who gave up the home run to Warren. That was Hill. tough. Oh. That was tough. I knew him at 12, 13, 14 years old playing pony league, and he was a guy that was throwing gas back then, mm-hmm. and unfortunately gave up a home run to a guy that didn't have one. I used trust baseball was my second love for Miami more so than basketball because baseball was just such a better program at the time than basketball was. Now I, it's probably even basketball, baseball. I don't get to see as much baseball as I'd like to um, outside of fire stick G who uh, I can find baseball anyway. Shout out the fire stick. Oh my goodness. He's like uh, ACC X, whatever the hell channel that is. You can find it on the fire stick, and I sure will scroll through oh, and find that bad boy. I'm telling you, you know, trying to change the subject a little bit. You talked about how you cried on that, right? Well, I had a I had a man emotional tear the other night. Mm. I went and watched Top Gun. Oh. John, did you see it? No, I have no interest. Oh my god! What? No, no interest? No. <laughs> so so so, Michael, listen, listen, listen. So I'm 12 years old and Top Gun first comes out. I loved it. Like I just, there was something about like, and and I'm not a Navy guy. Like I'm a Marine guy, right? My dad was a Marine. They kind of go, you know, hand in hand, but whatever. But the movie when I was 12 years old, it was Tom Cruise. And I I started liking Tom Cruise when he played in the Outsiders with like Patrick Swayze and Thomas C. Howell, Matt Dillon. Like, like if you look like at that cast of guys from the Outsiders, and look how all those guys blossom into legitimate bona fide actors. Right. right? Even Diane Lane, who is who is Cherry oh, yeah. Valance, right? Like it's it's crazy to see the cast back there. So then, you know, Risky Business came out. I loved all the right moves when he was a high school, you know, cornerback, you know, playing in, in Pennsylvania. And then, you know, like I really, really like Tom Cruise. And then when that movie came out, Top Gun, I'm like, man, this is such an awesome movie. And I said to myself when I was younger, I can't wait till they make a sequel. Right. Well, 30-something years later, it seems like they make a sequel. Um, and I, I told Bird. Bird went and saw it uh, last week. That's why he wasn't on the show. Because mm-hmm. he, he like, well, I made I, I forgot. And I, I got tickets to go watch Top Gun. I'm like, whatever. So we'll do it Listen, with that. It was just like you, man. I grew up with that. I've been waiting for five years for them to release. But at least movie. I waited to Saturday because I knew I had responsibilities, Bird. Right? <laughs> so... <laughs> So here's the thing, and with my, my radio show in Atlanta, everybody has gone to see it other than me and Hudson Mason. Hudson's only 30, so he never saw the original. Um, I have saw you seen the, the original? I have. I, I saw the original. It's probably been 30 years since I've seen it. It To me, it was not, a, and again, I'm the wrong one with certain types of movies. I had no interest in re-watching that. Like, I saw it once, and I go, all right, you know, whatever. Fighter pilot's cool, whatever. There's too, way too many short shorts and weird <laughs> volleyball scenes and everything else. They've all told me because I have a, you know, Kane is 13. They go, Kane will love the movie. You ought to take him. I'm willing to go take him to the movies to see it, but I'm not rushing to be amongst a bunch. Now, if they remake Fast Times at Ridgemont High, facts, I'll go see that. Um, I also thought a lot of those 80s movies were cheesy and overrated. I I didn't like Pretty in Pink, um, 16 Candles, The Breakfast Club. I'm so stupid. I was so overrated. You did not like Long Dick Dong? No, I'm good on all of that. What? Like I said, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. The Goonies was awesome. Back to the Future. Oh, I thought you were about to say the Goonies was awful. Oh, no, no. We were about to fight fight on the show if you were about to say the Goonies is probably. Probably, I mean, it's top five of all time. For oh, me, it's man. one of the greats. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> Ruth, baby. Ruth and Shuffle I, Shuffle. I wanted to be like, the, what, what was the guy's name that had all the little, the. Um, Data. Yeah, Data. Oh, Data was awesome. Yeah. I wanted those things on my shoes where I could squirt oil out the back. Oh, my <laughs> God. 
so give me more. Tell me what – sell me on Top Gun right. Maverick. So obviously if you remember the original movie, right, at the end of, at the end of it, the guy says, you know, they're giving you your choice. And right. he's like, well, at some point, I think he mentioned something about maybe, maybe an instructor. And they're mm-hmm. like, at Top Gun, like, God help us or whatever, right? So here it is 30 years later. He, he, he's doing – he's still a captain. Like, there's been numerous problems with him. He's still a captain. He's not a lieutenant. You know, so he's still, like, you know, under the chain of command. But he gets, he gets picked to go train – Okay. You know, certain certain pilots because there's a huge mission that has to be accomplished. Okay. And he's probably the only one that with the F-18s and stuff like that that can get these guys to complete the mission. Right. Well, Goose's son, if you remember Goose who died, that was his, you know, his 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 guy in the back. His Spoiler son. Alert. Well, John don't care. John's <laughs> like to sell it. So, you know, his son is actually one of the pilots that, you know, he has to train. So there's there's kind of bad blood there because there's some things that happened. I'm not going to tell everybody what happened about it, but there's some bad blood from the storyline. But just the way Tom Cruise handles himself and he plays himself, just the scenes and him flying the planes and everybody else inside there. And give a shout out to my boy Danny Ramirez, mm-hmm. who is uh, uh, one of the characters there. Bird, give him, give him the name. Fanboy, man. Fanboy. Fanboy. Fan- we're watching, I'm watching a movie and I'm scrolling through Twitter and then one of the actors who's like one of the main, you know, one of the main right. pilots in it is like, I mean, he's like, like our level Kane fan, like really like puts a picture of himself up and he's like, these are, these are my threads until football season, like rocking a Kane's jersey. And I'm like, nice. oh, this guy. Okay. So of course, you know, we're already trying to work on some stuff to get to get this guy to come on the show here and, and, uh, and talk to us a little bit, you know. And then John, if that's the case and you have not seen the movie yet, we're gonna oh, have a problem. Right. <laughs> Sorry, no. You got you got homework, bro. I'm gonna do my best. Well, now that the NBA players are playoffs are over, I guess I have nothing better. You've, to do. You've, you've got no reason not to, man. Like you've got college baseball story. on the weekends. Yeah, and that's yeah. it. You get the so, week. You get the weekdays. Or you get off at ten o'clock every day. So, so, John, I, I am going to I, I am going to go back to one of your statements. Fast Times at Ridgemont High was probably one of my top two favorite movies of all time. Oh my goodness, love it! I, I mean, I mean, again, you look at Forrest Whitaker as you know Jefferson. Jefferson, bro, like it's you look at him, you look at Judge Reinhold, you know, especially when he's wearing a fish and chips hat. You know what I mean? Oh it's like, <laughs> but the, the the movie, like again, so I think that came out in eighty. Four? Oh no, that was like 81. 81? Oh yeah, that movie. 82, somewhere around. Yeah, if we could find out when that was. I think I was like seven or eight years old when that movie came out. And then I'm watching the movie, and what do you see? Phoebe Cates coming out of the water. 1982. 82. So yeah, that's when I was born. Bro. Phoebe Cates coming out of the water in that slow motion and just the the mist and the drizzle, you know, upon her. Just literally made that move. That that was the best part of the movie. As as a eight oh, or nine year old, <laughs> hell, as a forty seven year old, it's still the best part of the movie. Who are we kidding? Uh, Judge Reinhold with the the line of all lines when she busts in the door and he goes, "Doesn't anybody effing talk anymore?" Because he's trying to rub one out there. I'm not sure Bird, have you ever seen that movie? Yeah, of course. Oh my gosh, Spicoli, yeah. you know, like who ordered a large pizza right here, dude? <laughs> like, like no. just we, the line dude, alone. But you, you said the whole. John says the whole decade of the '80s was bad for movies. Music and movies, them, some of them were. Music and movies were amazing in the '80s. All man. right, so give me some '80 movies, and I'll tell you yes or no. All right, all right, I'll throw this. So, Back to the Future. Yes. Awesome. E.T. Okay. Very yeah. good. Very good. Yeah, like Beverly Hills Cop. Very yeah. Bull Durham. It's okay. The Karate Kid. Fast. Which is kind of making its kind of making its comebacks. Die Hard, which is a Christmas movie. Uh, it's that, not that a Christmas is. movie, but it's a very good movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh Coming to America. Oh, classic. Uh, classic. Yes. Ghostbusters. Classic. Decent. Decent. The Outsiders. 100 percent best movie ever. <laughs> Raging Bull. Awesome. Field of Dreams. Eh. Big, nah. That was good. That <laughs> yeah. was good. Yeah. All right. No, these are, these are some good ones though. Never ending story. If you're in loved that fantasy it. stuff, that was, I actually love that movie. It, that yeah. has no rewatchable qualities though, because no, if you but, go back and watch that now without CGI, it is oh, the creepiest, awfulest looking thing you'll ever watch. Uh, Footloose, Trash. Beetlejuice. Right. Yeah. Beetlejuice was good. Yeah. Roger Rabbit. Loved it. Terminator. 
awesome. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't get into that. Oh, yeah. Terminator was awesome. Yeah. Lethal Weapon. Very good. Good. Danny Glover. Yep. Oh, here's one. Gremlins, bro. Oh, Gremlins was awesome. <laughs> oh, yeah. And that's a Christmas movie. That is a Christmas yeah. movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess the ones I didn't like were pretty important. Did. I didn't like. I didn't yeah. like Dirty Dancing was hot garbage. I didn't like 16 Candles. I didn't like The Breakfast Club. Those were all made by pretty much the same. Ferris Bueller's Day Off, awesome. Fantastic. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I should have said that one, too, yeah. So yeah, that's, that's I wouldn't say they were all bad. Uh, there was just some of them that I felt. And I thought Top Gun was a little bit overrated. But that's just me. Mm. Again, I have Top a weird Gun was probably my favorite out of all of them, though, man. Like, that, that movie, Top Gun was probably my favorite, man. I loved, I watched that movie a hundred times when I was a kid, man. I don't know. I, I would add all those movies to me, Outsiders. Outsiders and the Karate Kid, the original Karate Kid. Like, yeah. there was just something about those two movies. So Hudson Mason, again, who I work with, former quarterback for Georgia, 30 years old. He had, he literally, you could write a novel on what he hasn't seen. So we have my <laughs> entire show. We're all in our mid forties, except for Hudson. So we always, every time we start talking about movies, we have to look Hudson. Have you seen this? And the answer, <laughs> we already know the answer. So about eight months ago, we got a movie deal with a movie theater here. And they were like, whatever you guys want to see, we'll put on the big screen. So one night we had a theater to ourselves, just the seven guys on our show. And we made them watch the original karate kid. He had never oh. seen the original karate kid. And wow. I, you know, we all brought our kids and my, my kid, son Kane has seen it a bunch of times. And, and he looks and goes, dad, why is this guy not seeing karate kid? <laughs> the next day Hudson's coming in and Hudson goes, karate here. karate here." <laughs> and I was like, all right, now you get it. Now you understand yeah. where we're coming from. So. Sweep the leg. Sweep yeah. the Do leg. you have a problem with that, Mr. Lawrence? <laughs> no, sense strike first. Strike no, hard. Mer- no mercy. Strike, no mercy. Hard. strike first. Strike hard. Yeah. Oh my word! But again, but that was my Elizabeth childhood. Shue. She oh. held the she held the test of time. Yes. Oh man! Yes, facts. Yep. But she was, was 80s. That was my childhood, man. That that was that was the eighties, like you know, babe, right there. So right, it happens. Um, so I think we're all in consensus. Miami's going to get. We're going back to the baseball. <laughs> so I think we're all in consensus. Do we we believe Miami's getting through this regional? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Anybody- I'll never, I'll never pick us to lose. I'm picking us to win the whole thing because it doesn't matter if I do. So right, it doesn't matter. I, and I don't believe well, in jinxes either. So yeah, I yeah. Whatever, man. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put it out there and hope it happens. We do have one cane related thing that I want to do uh, to well, throw out there. We got a minute. I know we do. That's what it's. Your thoughts on Blake James, the Boston College? <laughs> Bye. <laughs> I'm gonna say. I think it's a great move for Boston College. All the best. You know what yeah. I mean. I never wish anybody any ill. You know, it didn't work out at Miami. You know, see what you can do at BC. Enjoy the cold weather. Maybe we'll do a quick visit up there and get a tour. <laughs> I just wish I could fail upwards like a lot of people. <laughs> but uh, you fail at your job and six months later, you're an AD again somewhere else. I, I just hope he learned from his mistakes because I think he did a lot right. But the big things, the high profile things, he really dropped the ball on. So Absolutely. I hope he learned from his mistakes. And I hope he does well. And, you know, the guy's always was always a very nice person, very, you know, very approachable, very hospitable. Uh, wish him nothing but the best, man. But uh, yeah. go on on that, take a second. Well, on that note, too, welcome home, Alonzo, uh, Alonzo Highsmith. Yes, Woo! sir. I almost, said Alonzo, I almost said Alonzo morning, but welcome back, <laughs> still, Alonzo on the Highsmith. <laughs> Absolutely. That's what did Alonzo say? I ain't scared of you, bitch. No. Nope. I ain't scared of you, bitch. <laughs> Late, great Jerome Brown. We the ball. Uh, with a boss. So speaking of 95 days or, you know, give or take 94 days, uh, actually tomorrow would be 94 days. Cause obviously this is only Tuesday. We're recording early. So for all, all of you guys listening tomorrow on Wednesday is Tuesday, bro. Okay. No, it's yeah. only Tuesday. It's Tuesday. Oh man. I don't know. It's holidays. got me thrown off, man. So bad, as of day. tomorrow, it is officially Dwayne, the rock Johnson days away from kickoff. Oh nice. man, it's a good one. That's a good one. You, there's no other. I mean, I guess I could have said Lou Henley, but at the end of the day, I'm going to give 94 to The Rock. And special shout out to his daughter, Ava Rain, who just officially announced her, you know, wrestling name to follow in the legacy of that whole Rocky Johnson, you know, Rocky Maivia, the High Chief, you know, everybody in the family, Roman Reigns. It's another Johnson going into the ring. So that's awesome. Gotta love it. Gotta that's love crazy. it. All right, well, we're going to go to break here on the Ken Gang Radio Show on Sirius XM Channel 145. If you don't hear back from us, check us out next week. We'll be right back.
The views and opinions expressed on Kane Gang are entirely those of the hosts, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Slam Radio.